Hey guys, Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. This episode is another live story time episode where I'm focusing on the second book in the YFYI book series, Your First Year in Salon Ownership. The chapter I'm going in today is chapter two. It's going to be starting with the end in mind. This is about your vision for what your company your business, your plan, when it's completed, was it? what is it going to look like? So for this one, it's really about taking you out 10, 20 years from now and looking back and looking at what you've built and then starting. Because just like a house, you wouldn't want to start just building. You'd want to plan it out every nook, every cranny before you began. So that's what this chapter is about. That's what this episode is about so thanks for tuning in to the yfy podcast and now on to the podcast if this is your first time joining me with story time or this is your first time stopping by story time welcome to story time with sunny d this is where i come to you guys monday through friday mornings i've been doing this every morning at 9 a.m eastern time coming to you and just sharing with you guys some stories. I'm sharing with you guys just some um, some experiences. You know, a lot of these are experiences, <clears throat> different experiences that I've had um, in the beauty industry, different experiences that I've had within my own career. And I've been sharing with you stories and where we're coming to you from, these stories are coming to you from the uh, one of two books, the YFY book series is something that I started a couple years ago when I was really, you know, I was, <clears throat> I was sitting and I was thinking back to like my time when I was going through beauty school. And as I was going through beauty school, I was wondering, you know, what it was going to be like when I finished, what it was going to be like when I got out of beauty school. Was I going to make it? Was I going to fall flat on my face? Was I going to you know, crash and burn. I didn't know really what was going to happen. And a few years back, you know, now being in the beauty industry um, for 15 years, graduating from, you know, Paul Mitchell 2005, I'm um, starting my own company in 2009. <coughs> and then uh, building that up over the last 10 years. I know, and, you know, I knew at that point. I've accumulated some experiences and I wanted to start sharing those because I thought back to me in hair school, I thought back to me in, in beauty school and I was like, man, you know, what um, what didn't I know? What, what was I afraid of? And that's where the whole YFY thing started. YFY stands for your first year in. Um, so there's two different books that I've been reading from. So the first like 10 episodes, I read through your first year in the beauty industry how to not just survive but thrive in the business of beauty. And now, since we're still <clears throat> quarantined together, we're keeping story time going, and now I'm reading from your first year in salon ownership. Um, so this is really gonna be for those people that are, maybe they've had some success in their beginnings of their beauty career, and now they're thinking about what's next. They're thinking about like where they can go next where they can go with their career what other things are out there 
Well, naturally, I mean, for me, the progression was graduating from beauty school, um, getting a job in a salon, then I got into education right away, started educating, you know, did the whole platform artist and, you know, started teaching and traveling, um, and I still do that. And once I started doing that, then I was like looking around and thinking, what else could I do? <clears throat> and out of really uh, frustration, I would say, which I shared with you guys a little bit in the first uh, couple of episodes of the second round of story time, it was really out of some frustrations and some um, realizations that I could do more. I could do more and I wanted to do more <clears throat> and all I had to do was uh, get over my own fear, which I talked a lot about yesterday and just in the last couple of episodes, really fear that false evidence appearing real, that, that whatever that is holding you back from taking that next step and giving it a shot and going for it. And even though you're scared to death, uh, you do it anyway. Even though you're scared to death, you take a shot and go for it. Um, and that's kind of where I got to. And then in, in 2008, I started the process. In 2009, I actually, um, I say this is when the company started, but the process started in 2008. So there was like a year where I was just kind of wandering and trying to figure it out and failing and losing all my money and savings and everything that I had um, going after this vision and this dream of building a company. And then finally in 2009, um, had some success with the first location, really getting established, and then over the last 10 years, building that up to multiple um, locations in a couple different states. And it's been a it's been a wild ride. It's <clears throat> gotten very interesting in the last you know month, you know, going on a month and a half, because <clears throat> all of my businesses have been shut down. Like most of you guys, if you're listening on the podcast, you're watching on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we've been under this coronavirus, this quarantine for the last, you know, month, month and a half for some, <clears throat> maybe a little bit less for others. And maybe some of you are still working. Um, but with all my businesses being shut down, I've really had to adjust my thinking, adjust my approach, adjust my financial picture, my outlook, my um, everything. And... <clears throat> really kind of get ready for uh, what's coming. And what's coming, you know, I'm not Nostradamus. I don't know exactly what's coming, but I can tell you this, it's going to be different than what was. Um, going back to work is something that we all want to do in a big way. All of my salons, we're itching, we're ready, we're biting, chomping <clears throat> at the bit, ready to get back to work, I'm ready to get back to doing what we do, being hairstylist. You know, ready to get back to, you know, being in the salons, ready to get back to being creative, ready to get back. Um, and so while we're waiting and itching and biting and hoping we want to get back, we're also understanding. And that's a big thing. You know, if you're going to set out on a mission, you have to understand that most of the time, <clears throat> your first plan, your first uh, plan of attack isn't going to work. And that's something that I took away from the military that I still know rings true today. And every venture and every thing that I've ever set out to do, most of the time plan A 
is about um, you know it's worth as much as the you know the paper or the whiteboard or the computer or the Excel sheet um, that it's written on. It's not worth much. Plan B, <clears throat> worth a little more, but probably not the plan that's gonna be the one. You know, it's not usually until you get into like plan C, plan D, plan E, and plan F that you really start to find out what's gonna work. And so for a lot of us, you know, we were, if you were on plan A going into Corona, you're definitely off of that plan now. You definitely realize, oh, I'm gonna have to scrap that plan because that plan ain't working. And now maybe you're moving into uh, plan B, maybe you're on plan C. You know, my, my entire life has always been a plan C, D, and on. Those have always been the plans that have, have usually played out. Those have always been the plans uh, for whatever reason that end up, end up kinda working. And I say kinda working because sometimes those plans don't work. You know, when I started my journey going to Paul Mitchell and coming into hair school, I was already on D, probably E or F. You know, if anybody watches or you guys follow baseball, you know, in baseball you have three strikes and then you're out, right? So when I started my journey at Paul Mitchell, the school Orlando in 2005, I was on like strike five or six. Um, and I'm sharing that with you guys just so you know, <clears throat> if this is your plan B that you're working on right now, you know, as a, as a hairstylist or whatever career you're in, <clears throat> if this is your plan, you know, C that you're working on right now as a hairstylist or whatever, you know, plan you're on, doesn't mean that you're messed up. It means that you're probably right on track because I know for most people, you know, they don't, they're not on, no one's really on plan A. <clears throat> There's a few people that are on plan A but I mean, very few, you're talking less than 1%. Most people where they find success is gonna be on plan B, C, D, E, F. You know, there's the same thing. I mean, it's like that in life. <clears throat> I mean, look at relationships, look at businesses. You know, first relationship didn't work out. You know, how many people? I mean, there's a very small percent that the first person they ever date is the person that they marry, is the person that they stay with, is the person that, you know, that's it. It's like life done. Most people are on <clears throat> person B, person C, person D, person E, you know, to, to find the right one or the one because there's always kind of evolutions going on. And so it's gonna be the same way in business. It's gonna be the same way um, in your career, it's gonna be the same way, I think really in, in relationships, you start to evolve. You know, when I was 18, when I was coming in to the world of adulthood, um, officially, I mean, I pretty much was an adult at 11 and 12. I mean, I was kind of taking care of myself from that point um, <clears throat> on, but officially as an adult, you know, my original plan and what I thought about when I was a kid, between martial arts, you know, Karate Kid, um, war movies, Rambo, Commando. Um, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to kick ass. I just wanted to be a commando and be a badass. And so that's what I did initially. Um, and then when I got into that arena, I realized, you know, maybe I could do more. Maybe I could do other things. But 
initially, you know, right out of you know high school, joining the Marine Corps, that's what I wanted to do, and I and I went straight into the infantry. They're like, you know, well, you you scored a you know pretty good on this test. You could pick any any job. What what do you think? What do you want to do instead of picking like a computers or you know something that may have had uh, some some other benefits to me in the future. I'm like, I want to shoot shit and blow things up. What do I got to do? They're like, you don't even got to pass the test to do that. You want to go into the infantry. So I'm like, all right, throw me in there. That's where I'm going. Um, so that was kind of it. <clears throat> so that was, you, know, you could say plan A and then plan B. You know, when I got out, I didn't really have a plan. Um, didn't really have um, a lot of options. Ended up, you know, coming, you know, coming into the whole world of right, you know, I wanted to be, I want to be a gangster, right? Then um, that was Plan B, and then that didn't work out. Um, then I, you know, go into Plan C, you know, in the in the restaurant business and bartending and serving, and um, thought, yeah, this is cool, you know, working in a restaurant, maybe own a restaurant, I don't know, uh, maybe you know, own a bar or something. So I'm doing that, right? Doing that, doing that, doing that, and then that didn't happen. Because all of a sudden, then you know, paths get crossed, and I end up so plan D. Then I'm like hair school, right? I'm now I'm in hair school. So how the hell did that happen? So and th and this all occurred in a period of about five to you know seven years from plan A to get to plan D. Um, so if you're on plan C, D, or E, I just want you to know you're not necessarily off target. Um, you're not screwing up. You're not not making it. You're just doing what everybody does. You're like all of us trying to figure it out. And that's so true right now, especially because right now during the coronavirus, um, we're experiencing and we're going into this corona economy that I've been talking a lot about. Plan C, D, and E, a lot of us may have to figure out. Like not knowing, <clears throat> you know, if, you're, if your company is going to exist when you go back to it not knowing if your um, position is going to exist when you go back to it if you can go back to it a right not knowing if you're even going to be able to go back to it or when so <clears throat> start developing a plan c a plan d a plan e and if you're already on that start developing the next one because it's going to take a different type of plan and a different way of thinking to go into this next phase um, in the new corona economy. It's just not going to be the same. So I've been sharing a lot of that on Storytime as I've been opening, doing my openings and talking about different things that are just on the forefront um, before we you know, get into our, our chapter for the day. But those are some things I want to encourage you to know. Um, and I want to give you, give you the hope to know that if you're already on plan C and D, you're not screwed up. You know, a lot of times we think, well, what am I doing wrong? I mean, sometimes you are doing things wrong. Sometimes you're jacking stuff up. But if you're on plan C or D, or you're not sure right now what the next move is, um, you're where the majority of people are and should be. Because there's a lot of, you know, we don't know going on. I mean, I speak with my salons every single day. We do a little happy hour of five. We call it the live at five. Um, and we get on and we chat it up and we, you know, <clears throat> we talk about plans and contingencies and what ifs. Um, we also talk about our new economy and things that we're building. Um, we talk about our guest communications. 
Um, we look at you know the numbers. We look so we're looking at all these things, but there's still a little bit of a gray kind of ish part of it because we don't necessarily know. You know, I was watching this morning. They were showing the new some mock-ups of like new planes, um, the seating arrangements, and like you know, it's like. Well, you're gonna have one seat here and then another seat pointing the other way and another seat pointing this way. Um, then they're like another one, they have a seat and then like a little plexi thing in between, you know, all of the headrests. I mean, it's like some far out stuff, but I mean, people don't know, you know, and you're gonna, or you're gonna, you can only, you know, have people sit in every other seat to keep a space in between, you know, and then how does that work? So now you go from a hundred and, you know, 60 passengers to 80. And when you already were barely making or weren't making any money on 160, now you cut that in half. So what does that look like? Um, does the cost of that ticket go way up? Well, me as the person that's flying, can I now afford the new Corona economy ticket price? Um, same thing with a the movie theater. You know, same thing with a salon. If you have 16 chairs and you got to take eight chairs out, now you have, you know, eight left. Does the, are you going to double the price of the haircut, can people afford that? Are you gonna double the price of the color? Can people afford that? Um, these are things that as business owners, as as um, industry experts are talking about, as, as employees have to consider, <clears throat> as consumers and patrons of these businesses have to consider. You know, I mean, think about when you went out, you know, if you're, um, you know, we have salons in Austin and Tampa and around the Tampa Bay area. So some of the hot spots to go out. So if you go in, if you're in Austin, you know, there's a Sixth Street, there's the Domain. And I've got to go out to those places when I'm in town, um, spending time with the salon over there. And you know, you go in some of these places and it's super packed. And if you're trying to get to the bar to get a drink, it's like shoulder to shoulder, you're on top of people. You know, now with the Corona economy, are they gonna be like, okay, um, we have to limit the capacity or have a certain number that once we hit it, we can't let anybody in. So you got the people with the clickers at the door. Um, and then with that, that cuts revenue, but does that also raise prices? I mean, so there's gonna be a lot of different adjustments. Um, so I want you to start thinking about uh, what your business looks like. If you're an individual, if you're an independent, um, if you're a <clears throat> business owner, or if you're not, you know, getting in that ownership mentality already to start thinking about that and, and wondering like, what does that look like? How's that gonna affect you and what you're gonna be doing next? Um, and then also thinking about, you know, what, making a list, right? I'm, I love making lists, you know, just like, because it gets, it's a mind dump, right? It gets stuff out of your head. It gets stuff on paper. So a lot of times at night I'll make a list about what I'm gonna do the next day um, or what I'm thinking about or what challenges or problems I have to solve the next day. And that just kind of clears my head so I can get some, some decent rest at night. Um, and then in the morning I'll come back to that list and sometimes I'll have figured things out while I was sleeping because your subconscious is working. Your subconscious never gets a day off. It never gets a minute off. It never gets an, a second off. So it's working on my behalf overnight. I love that wake up with answers, I'm like, yes, I'm a genius, right? So mind dumping it, but doing it in the morning, looking at the list, doing it though, just making a list of like, what are like five to 10 things you would have done differently had you known? Leave it at that. 
Had you known the economy was going to sh get shut down, had you known um, your business was going to get shut down, your school was going to close, had you known, right? Uh, maybe, you know, from a school perspective, I would have thought about, you know, virtual education. You know, maybe that was something that we talked about, um, being able to reach more people through online training, but we never implemented. As a hair care company, maybe that's something um, we thought about, online education, but we never, we never implemented. Uh, maybe I would have had more of an online strategy when it came to different products and services. Uh, maybe I would have thought about setting up uh, virtual consultations where people can do that through Zoom or through FaceTime or something like that. Um, maybe I would have thought about, you know, my online, you know, products. What do I sell? What can I sell? What should I sell? Maybe I would have thought about fill in the blank. There's lots of different things we would have thought about, coulda, shoulda, woulda, um, but what would you have done? Make a list of those things and see, okay, <clears throat> I would have done this if I had known, I would have done that if I had known, and what could I do now? You know, So start thinking about what I could do now, what maybe I didn't do, but I wish I did, or I thought about, or could have thought about, but maybe now I'll go ahead and do it. Um, so those are things I'm, I'm constantly you know, in my head, you know, kind of going through things that I want to share with you guys, things that you can consider as we get into this new corona economy, as we get into this new phase of what the corona economy looks like, as we get into this new phase of uh, going back to work, what that's going to look like, how that's going to look, you know, it's going to be different, right? And, and it's going to be, but it's going to be okay, right? It's just going to, we were all just going to be adjusting to it. Um, so what would I have done if I had known that the, uh, the corona economy was going to hit? I would have subscribed to Netflix a lot sooner. I think that there was like 16 million new subscribers to Netflix um, over the first quarter. So January, February, March, I wonder why, right? Because March, everybody ended up being uh, at home, everything. I'm an at-home teacher. If you got kids, you're an at-home cook, you're an at-home cleaner, you're an at-home husband, you're an at-home wife, you're an at-home hairstylist, you're an at-home barber, you're an at-home whatever. You know, and just brainstorming though on some things you would have done. You know, ideas and things that, you know, I think about. I was thinking yesterday even they were cuz they were talking about, you know, hair salons and barbershops being, I mean, yeah, how are you going to a you know, practice social distancing, keep keeping six feet in between you and the people around you if you're doing hair. It's not going to happen. So you're either going to have to say, I know that there is potentially a risk of a spread of corona. I mean, I can get tested. My staff can all get tested. And before we open our salon up and be 100%, you know, free, we know everybody in the salon um, is cleared they've either either had corona and gotten better or don't have it so we all get tested then we go to work we wear gloves we wear a mask even though we don't want to do either of those two things but can we require every single guest to show us like their id i'm a corona free guest you know before they come in i don't think so <laughs> i mean i don't think we can um, can we ask them all to get tested if it's available? Yes. 
I think most people would want to get it um, because they want to know if they either had corona or and have antibodies potentially or um, if they um, if they had it or if they have it because that's the thing a lot of people have it and just don't know it um, so we could do all of those things ask people to get tested before they come in the salon if you feel sick we're gonna ask you to wait at least two weeks since you felt sick or were sick to come in the salon all of our staff 100% have been tested we've got gloves we've got masks on we're ready to roll we sanitized we spread the chairs out we did everything the thing that we cannot do in our business right now <clears throat> is keep six feet away from the customers and the people that we're serving, right? So there's inherently gonna be some level of risk, um, but we're gonna be, you know, I mean, that's always gonna be the case. We're gonna be, if we're gonna be doing what we're doing, there's gonna be some level of risk. Um, but we're gonna do everything in our power to mitigate and minimize the risk, but there will be some level. There's just no way. But I was listening to, you know, the, talking heads you know talking about this and that and they were talking about tattoo shops and i mean i was thinking like you know for a tattoo i mean yeah you're just like a hairstylist just like a massager right on top of people um, but i was like you know if i were uh, a tattoo artist i'd be right now during the coronavirus instead of me like i'm selling products and tools and you know safe at home um non-professional um, color that we can sell to our guests without breaking any any laws or, or breaking any boundaries. So those are things that I can do. Can't sell virtual haircuts. We are selling virtual hugs that are actually free on our website. Um, we have virtual hugs for sale. Um, those are things that we can do, but as a tattoo artist, right, temporary tattoos. As a tattoo artist, I would be selling temporary tattoos. Uh, maybe, you know, to raise some money, uh, maybe, you know, I'll design your tattoo, um, create a temporary tattoo and send it to you and you can wear it. Um, and then, you know, it's gonna be, uh, you know, half the price or if you buy a, a temporary tattoo, you also get a discount on your actual tattoo when we're able to open back up. But just like brainstorming ideas, there's lots of things that we can do. We just have to unlock our mind and think outside the box and, you know, think outside the box that the box is in because the box is also in a box. You know, sometimes it's outside, but sometimes it's think under the box, above the box, in the box. Um, but just brainstorming different ideas. So I'd be selling temporary tattoos. I mean, I've seen some of the restaurants get creative. They're like, here's the dish, but maybe people aren't coming in and they're not wanting to do takeout. So maybe if I was a restaurant, you know, I get the ingredients and I sell you, um, this is the meal, these are the ingredients we use to make this meal. Um, you can buy that and then we can deliver it, you know, to your house or you can come and pick up those ingredients and they're all fresh and then we'll give you some recipes and you can then go and, um, you know, have some fun at home cooking up the meal. And maybe, yeah, it's a little bit, I don't know if it's less money or more money. I mean, that's for the restaurateur to figure out. But those are other things because I went, I went to a couple places and they're like, yeah, nobody's really doing takeout. I mean, it's the same menu, um, it's the same price. Um, you know, it's people are maybe not wanting to get out or go out. Or people are like, well, I can save money <clears throat> cooking at home. 
And so then maybe it's like, all right, well, maybe I can send to your home the ingredients and you can still cook at home, but you can buy it from us. You know, because now I've got this restaurant with all this food that if I don't cook, it's gonna, or sell somehow, it's gonna go bad. Um, so that's something for restaurants, you know, thinking about that. I know if I was a restaurant, I'd be selling the ingredients. I'd be like, in, in some of the recipes, I mean, what's gonna happen when you open your restaurant back up? I mean, yeah, people, some people, like if they were busy working and were coming to the restaurant, it wasn't, and to have, it was to have some fun, to go out, they know they're gonna pay more, <clears throat> but they're also not having to cook at home. But now with people just being at home, they're not, they're like, yeah, do I need to pick up this from that restaurant? Yeah, if I could support them, but I also could buy three or four times as much and, and Google some recipes. <clears throat> so you'd have to make it worth their while, but you know, unless that food's gonna go bad, I don't know, it's sitting there for six you know, weeks, five weeks, seven weeks, however long it might be sitting there. You know, so thinking of different ideas uh, brainstorm in different ways that you can um, create some economy. This is the corona economy. So this is the think outside the box. This is the try things um, you haven't tried economy. This is the um, what if it doesn't work? Oh, well, no one's going to know economy. This is the, you know, do it anyway, try it anyway economy. This is the time for you to push the envelope um, and really consider, you know, and I, I put a, I put a, kind of a uh, false <clears throat> scenario on myself, which I mean, it, it, en it may end up not even being false, but in the beginning of all this, I was like thinking, what could I do? And I'll start brainstorming, I'm like, well, what if we don't open until June or until July or until August, even though originally we thought we were gonna be back in action on March 31st. Um, and then it went to, now it's like April, then it went to I think April 13th. Um, right now it's April 22nd and we're shooting for May 1st, which may not even be a reality. But that, that other false reality is kind of looking a little bit more um, like it's got more potential to it. But thinking in that way forces me to kind of put more pressure um, on my mind and my idea um, laboratory. And also, you know, sharing with my team and collecting ideas um, to think in that way to get you know get the creative juices flowing and like no this is only a couple of weeks and until it's not right until it's not and so you have to push yourself you're gonna have to push yourself and um, you're gonna have to really stretch and get your mind moving and so when I get to that place then I start coming up with ideas that seem a little out there maybe far-fetched maybe a little crazy but that's usually about where the good ideas are they're on the edge of yeah that's that's cool and then they're on the uh, there's the other edge of that'll never work or that shit's crazy when you get to that other edge that's where you're gonna find a lot of great ideas um, so you got to push yourself out there and you got to project yourself out to that distance future and then work your way back it's called reverse engineering um, so that's my opening and that's kind of a great segue into the chapter that we're going to focus on today. So we're reading from your first year in salon ownership, um, open for business, we hope soon, right? And as I'm going through this, I'm kind of editing it in real time and bringing it up to speed on things and adapting it to the current environment. Um, the chapters, we started with 
Um, we did the preface and introduction a couple episodes ago, and then we went into the why is salon ownership for you. Uh, that was yesterday. Um, today I'm going to go into chapter number two, which is starting with the end in mind. Um, then we have the other chapters. Three is systems. Four is the numbers. Five is hiring process. Six is career paths. Seven is you only have two hands. Eight is financing and construction. Nine is key relationships. Ten is growth and expansion. Eleven is the what if chapter. What if you do make it? And then there's bonus material and other ideas that I had uh, post. Um, and that's kind of in the very end. But I want to go into the second chapter today. Normally I'm not reading these in order and you don't have to. You can kind of bounce around. But this second chapter was starting with the end in mind um, because that's where you know I was kind of talking about projecting yourself out there, getting out into the future. So starting with the end in mind <clears throat> is chapter two in your first year in salon ownership. And like all chapters, we're going to start with a quote. You don't start building a home until you have it finished. Anonymous. And so that quote, I want you to think about that quote. If you've ever built a home or built anything, you don't just start, right? You actually design it on paper, you plan it out, blueprints, uh, look at the area, look at the space, you design it. And then once you have it kind of completed there, then you actually go to work on building it. Starting with the end in mind, chapter two. So let's get started. After we get finished. Wait, what? What the hell is that supposed to mean? Easier said than done? Finishing your business design is a critical first step. Seeing your business as an end product before you begin takes vision. It began as just a thought, a small idea that got me excited. How the hell am I supposed to see it when it's completed? What does that even mean anyway? Okay, let's start there. What is a completed vision? Take a new home, for example. Before the plot of land is ever touched, before the first tractor is on site, moving dirt from here to there, the house has gone through a series of processes. So many things have already been considered and then reconsidered again and again to get to this point. The crew didn't just show up one day and decide, you know what? We should build a house, fire up the tractor, and let's start moving some dirt and see what happens. You know that's not how it happened. Unfortunately, a lot of people are starting their businesses like that. And before you know it, they're down to their last straw, packing up and going home. With their ego barely intact, feeling like a loser. It doesn't have to be that way though. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of losing going on in the business community but some could be prevented. Looking at the statistics for business startups will give you a reality for the sum I'm talking about. Right now, stats show that about 97% of all new business ventures end in ruins. You better believe 100% of them started thinking they were going to make it. They were gonna be in the top 3% but after a year, that's not what happens. Now, of that 3% that do make it to their fifth year, before they start high-fiving, better look at the rest of the news. Around 95% of that 3% that made it to the five years will fail in the next five years. <laughs> Yikes. 
Did you think you were safe? Why am I sharing these stats with you? It's simple. You have a better you better have a clear vision for what your company looks like in the future if you plan on making it there. Here are a few things to consider while building your vision. An acronym for this process is what I call SLOT, S-L-O-T. S, size. How big will your company be when it's finished? How many locations? What states will you operate in? How many people will work in each location? What will be the size of each location? How much revenue will each location be generating? L, layout. Having a layout for your business is critical. The layout isn't just the look and feel, it's also the traffic pattern you design that you want the guests to flow through. Think about a Starbucks. When you come in the door, where you start in line, then placing your order, onto picking up your order, that's a traffic pattern, and it's all planned in advance. You need to think of your salon the same way. Where does the guest go first, second, third, and so on? I'd recommend laying all this out on paper. Also, go visit different businesses and get a feel for their traffic patterns. How efficient or inefficient do their guests flow through the sales process? I just like to hang out in some businesses and observe. With your layout, you want to create as little friction as possible. Less friction equals more sales. O. Operations. Next up is operations. Operations entails what happens at each stage of the guest flow throughout. You want to give some thought to what needs to happen before the next thing can happen. Like spelling a word, if a certain letter is out of place, you may not get the result you want. Did you guys catch what I just did there with the word place? Your brain may have read that word correctly anyway because you got tons of experience reading, listening to, and speaking the English language. So if you guys are listening or you're watching, <clears throat> which I didn't even realize I did that, but I guess that's what I did because <laughs> I already misspell enough words without even trying. Um, but with the word place, misspelling and switching up a couple letters when your brain sees it as long as that first letter and the last letter are in the right spot your brain can like literally just figure that out because it knows how that works but being able to have you know the flow of your operations and the process that this happens and that happens and this happens um, that's really what it's all about back to the story but a new guest who's experiencing your business for the first time needs to be guided, as well as your staff having your operations documented and clearly defined will help them deliver the product consistently. In my company, we've created an operations manual which contains all of the guiding processes and systems to successfully deliver the 1.0 experience. This may be some of your most important work so take the time to do it. The T, talent. Lastly, in crafting your vision, we've got to talk about talent. Having a strategy for obtaining, training, and retaining talent is critical. After all, without your team of talent to deliver the end result, then you're on your own, or essentially, out of business. This is one of the hardest areas to create a vision for, for a number of reasons, mainly because of how dynamic it is. 
Unlike traffic flow and processes, talent is human-based, which means you're dealing with different emotions, personality types, and abilities. Here are my tips on crafting your vision for talent. Have a demographic you're looking for. My demographic, for example, looks like this. Our ideal new hire is a recent graduate with less than one year of experience, someone who is coachable, has a great image, and a great attitude. Starting with that is the foundation, and it gives us parameters as to what we're looking for. Of course, there are always exceptions to the rule. We've hired outside of these parameters and have had some great success stories, but overall, our long-term and most successful team members have come from sticking to our vision for talent as stated previously. Getting talent, though, is just the beginning. Having a plan on what to do with them once you get them is the harder stuff. Premeditating your training schedule, compensation plan, and career path, which we'll talk about more in a later chapter, are keys in growing your talent pool. Finally, my final thought on talent. If you plan to adopt an approach like we have in wanting to pick an apple from the tree and not the barrel, then I'd suggest you start developing a relationship with a local school uh, that are producing said talent. In closing, starting with the end in mind is just that, planning the biggest parts of your business first, then starting your business. Things can and will change along the way, but at least with this approach, you'll know where you're going. So that's starting with the end in mind. A um, couple of things I want to touch on there, which you, you heard, I didn't really say, you know, like you have to have this well-crafted business plan. I mean, I know I was guilty of going to the, going to the you know, bookstore, grabbing a how to create a business plan book when I started my business. And I probably still have that book. I don't even know if I really read it or looked, but one of those things, it's like when you're starting a business, I didn't, I didn't on that, you know, that whole note as I was going through that part of the chapter, that's not where I focused on. I wasn't like focusing on that. So if you keep in mind slot, so think about slot, right? The S is size, L layout, O operations, and T talent. I'm having a vision for that. You're not going to have the intricacies. When I went into that whole business plan book and I started working on that, I started looking at it and it's like teaching how to create this business plan. That's an Excel sheet. You know, if you're good with Microsoft Word, you're good with, you know, creating an Excel sheet, create one, you know, but you don't need one. I mean, you can create one. Projections, like bigger numbers you might have, like, okay, um, you're going to have to know, A, you're going to have to know, yes, what your expenses are, you know, when you project revenue, but I'm talking about vision, long term. I'm talking about building, what's the company going to look like when it's finished, not, you know, developing a plan for what's going to happen in the next 6, 8, 12 months. So starting with the end in mind is when the company's finished. So when I looked at starting, you know, the salons, you know, and starting 1.0, the vision, when I went through slot, the size, you know, it was 100 locations. The size was having a location in every city where there's a Paul Mitchell school right? The size is the end result when it's finished, not what's going to happen in the first year. And then the layout. I use Starbucks. There's plenty of examples out there. I know in Florida, um, there's a, there's a uh, gas station, you know, called Wawa. There's a company called Wawa. I don't know, you know, where everybody's from. I got people all over if you're on Facebook or Instagram, but you know, their layout, how they have it set up. 
I mean, yes, the gas pumps, I mean, there are the gas pumps are the gas pumps. Those are pretty much the same, but thinking about how they have their entrances to the parking lot, thinking about how they have their doors set up when you go in the store, thinking about the flow through the store from walking in, where they have the coffee laid out, where they have that little kitchen area thing going on, to all the other stuff you can pick up, to then when you come and check out and how you flow out the door, all that's pre-thought out. Starbucks, um, great example, how you flow through your business. So I don't care if you're opening a hair salon, a barber shop, a gym, a chiropractic practice, a law firm, um, anywhere, a retail store, you're gonna have people coming wow. into your business I want you to be thinking about that. The L, the layout, how it's gonna flow. Traffic pattern is huge. You know, traffic pattern. A lot of times in my businesses, I'll go and I'll sit, and I'll sit where the guest would be sitting. I'll sit in the chair that the guest would be in. I'll sit in the, you know, our waiting area. You know, some people call it a reception area, we call it a living room. So I'll go sit in the living room and I'll see what the guest is seeing. I'll go sit in the stylist chair and I'll see what they're seeing from that perspective. I'll go lay down in the sink and I'll see what I see. So the traffic pattern, how you come in the business, how you go flow through the experience and how you exit the business, those are things I'm talking about. So when you think about slots, you got size, you have location, um, operations are huge, right? Down to like we have a thing that, you know, what's going on, Natasha, how you doing? Uh, we have a thing that we're, we, um, we uh, look at, we wanna, we wanna make our um, systems, we take it down to like a granular like level, like looking at as far as all going down all the way to how do you fold a towel in your business? How do you like, you know, like, and that might seem like something that's, um, it's like one of those things where you're like, mm, I don't really, I mean, that seems a little, you know, too much, but it's not too much because it's really a metaphor. You know, so when you look at, you know, some of our Paul Mitchell schools, like I've got uh, some Paul Mitchell school people on here. I've got some people that are directors on here, some people that are owners. Um, Natasha just jumped on here. What's going on? Uh, people that, you know, when you look at our schools, like there's a consistency and a flow that happens through there. And so if you take it to that level, in a lot of our schools, the reason why they're successful is because they figured out like these processes and these systems, you know, so we can then duplicate that. Now, if, you're, if that's your vision, if you're just doing, even if you're just doing one, if you're like, well, when my company is completely built um, and, and I want you to go 10 years, 20 years out, I'm gonna have one location, it's gonna be ba 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 ba. that's okay too, but what does it look like when it's done? starting with the end in mind is about going out there and looking at the future company and then seeing, okay, this is what I'm gonna need in place. You know, a lot of salons, when it comes to systems, I know, you know, even when I started, it was like a system, right? It's, uh, you know, you have it written down, an operation, okay, it's written down, okay, and I typed it, I printed it out on a piece of paper, I laminated it, and the system, the very first one, the operation, my whole thesis, it was about towels, it was, Please wash white towels and black towels separately. And I taped it up on the side of the dryer and I'm like, I'm an official company now. I got a system, I got a process. But then it was like, well, what about this process? 
And then what about that process? And then what about what do I do if this happens? And how do I, you know, so then it became, and so it's what started in our company with just one page of some stuff is now an 80 page operations manual that all of our salon operators and our owners can use so they can be successful. But having that vision, when I really started to cast out and think about the company when it was finished with 100 locations, if you go to that point, then you come back to I had one location that I was just trying to get off the ground, that takes it in a whole new direction. That's a whole new approach. That's a whole new everything. Because it, when I go to that point, then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna need, I wanna write out. Like what's somebody gonna say when they answer the phone? A whole conversation, which turns into a two or uh, three page script. Um, what's somebody gonna say when a guest walks in the door? From the tour, what's somebody gonna say as they take the guests through the door? You think the people at Starbucks just are coming up with whatever they wanna say? No, not when you're gonna have thousands of different stores and you want consistency throughout your organization. Um, so depending on where you're wanting to go, depending on what you're wanting to accomplish, depending on you know where that company, what that company looks like in the future when it's finished. And that's the big thing about starting with the end in mind. Uh, not can you plug numbers into an Excel sheet and make you know everything add up and then it does the formula and says, well, if I grow by 10% and boop, boop, boop. Yeah, that's all great, but when it's done, what is it gonna look like? Um, so that's where that chapter takes you and that chapter is getting into starting with the end in mind. So remember that slot, S-L-O-T, the size, the layout, the operations, and the talent. And the big thing with the talent for me, like if you think about that vision of hiring people, you know, in that, <clears throat> you know, under a year experience coming from beauty school, if that's the goal, then yes, in the future, knowing that we, our Paul Mitchell Focus Salon, so we have Paul Mitchell schools all over the country. So developing that relationship. Right now with four locations, I'm developing, I'm going out to all these schools every single year, traveling to five, 10, 15, 20 different cities, you know, to spread the word, to build relationships, to establish some foundation, to establish, you know, essentially an army you know, it may be even a silent army at this point, but guess what happens? If that vision that I'm going for, when I go to, uh, you know, wherever I go, right? Oklahoma, California, New Hampshire, Wyoming, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Washington State, anywhere, Texas, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Right? When I go to a city or a state to open up shop, because I've been traveling there and I've built up some goodwill and I've been you know, going to these places, it's gonna be able to help propel and move that vision forward. And so that's what vision is about. Going a lot further out, not just going out three months, one month, one year, two years. You gotta push yourself out to the completion of your business and then you can work back to where you're at now in the reality that you're in now. But you gotta push yourself out there to see what does your business look like when it's finished. And once you got a good vision for that, then what are the things I need to do today if I end up getting there? Because it's still a big if, right? <clears throat> Everything's a big if. There's companies right now that 
started you know three months ago that are now like uh oh we're now over because no one knew right the coronavirus was going to come and rock the world you know i was i've been using that analogy like the coronavirus picked the world up like a snow globe and just shook it and everyone's like what the hell is going on or trying to figure it out so no one knew but if you should arrive at that destination out there in the future wouldn't you like to be arriving prepared and not so shocked like oh my god i can't believe i did it um no like i had this vision you know back in 20 uh, 20, uh, 2009 when I started the company. So in 2029, if I arrive there, I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm not like, oh my God, what do I do? Um, because instead of learning how to fly the plane, you know, in the air, right? You know, which you may have to do at some point, but learning how before you get off the ground knowing that, hey, if I'm gonna fly across the country, what would I need to know? If my destination, if I wanna fly from Florida and I wanna fly to you know, London, England, what do I need to do now to prepare myself to, for that final outcome, that final destination? Um, so those are things with, starting with the end in mind in that chapter, some of the key takeaways and the ways that I'm thinking about it now. I'm developing that relationship for your talent um, looking at your layout of your location, how the guest and the traffic pattern is going to go. Even if you're an online business, you know, I've been building an online. We have pmtakehome.com. Uh, we just did a launch party on Sunday night, huge online party, five hours long um, to celebrate that. But with pmtakehome.com, you know, I got to go in and design a website and learn how to do it. Didn't have a clue what I was doing, uh, but doing it and doing it and reiterating it and redesigning. But I thought the same way traffic pattern. I thought the flow, how people are going to flow through it. I thought big picture, where is this going to go? Um, this is going to replace all of our, you know, in salon sales. What is this going to look like? You know, if it's doing that, um, what capabilities does it need? So it was the same process using slot, size, right? Layout, operations, and then talent and listing people that are going to work with the online store that are gonna be doing product education demo, which is my salon team. So those things still can apply no matter what the business is. You know, just take, you might have to just tweak it a little bit. Um, so hopefully you guys got some um, good information out of this chapter, starting with the end in mind from your first year in salon ownership. Um, this is the second book we're going through. Um, I'll be back here tomorrow morning. 9 a.m. I do this Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. So no matter uh, where you are, set your alarm clock. You can set it for 8.59 if you want. Well, wake up, grab your coffee, come join me for story time with Sunny D. Um, we're live on Facebook. We're live on Instagram. Um, we're doing the podcast. If you missed any of these or you want to take story time with you on the go, you can check it out on the YFYI podcast. Just go to yfyipodcast.com and you can hear all the episodes and you can rewatch um, episodes if you wanna take the video um, content and consume it that way, either on my Facebook profile or my Facebook page. Just look for Sunny D uh, profile. I think it's Sunny D-E-E -E because I gotta put those two E's because they won't let me just have a D. What's up with that, Facebook? We don't know. That's their, that's their policy. That's their system. Uh, so I'll be back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. 
Um, thanks for the comments, the questions, the feedback. And if you've been joining me over these past 13 episodes, waking up every morning, I appreciate you. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, Sunny D here again. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of the YFYI podcast. Hopefully you're going to start thinking about your vision. Hopefully you're going to start projecting yourself out, really getting out there 10, 20 years. I want you to push yourself and look at your business as it exists and see what it looks like when it's finished. That's the way to get a good start to a plan because when you can see the end result first, then you can start working on all of the things that are going to be necessary up front to make that end result a reality. So thanks for tuning in. Remember, we're live 9 a.m. Monday through Friday for story time on Facebook, on Instagram. You can check it out on the page. You can watch the replays there as well as tune in on Instagram. You can check it out. Join me for a live one, and always all the episodes are getting recorded for the podcast. You'll be able to go to yfyipodcast.com for any replays. Um, hope you can join me live. Grab your coffee. Hope to see you at 9 a.m. Eastern time on one of these days. For now, that's what we got for today, guys. So get out there and make things happen. Thanks for tuning in. Yourfirstyearin.com for any book-related Uh, ideas, any questions, any things you're looking for, you'll be able to find there. Uh, Thanks for being here, guys. And this has been another episode of the YFY podcast, the podcast where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon.